Hello. Hey, it's me. So I've been trying to figure out what I'm supposed to call you. What do you mean, Brandon? Well, your name is Cheryl, but you're also a pseudo guru. Yeah, so you can call me Cheryl or you can call me your pseudo guru. But what is a pseudo guru? It's a pretend guru. I pretend that I'm your guru. and I'll guide you with cosmic awareness until you're able to guide yourself. Okay, uh, so what is woohoo? Woohoo is a static approval from the universe. How do you get this approval? By catching it. How do you catch it? It's everywhere. You learn how to find it. You'll see it and taste it and smell it and feel it and notice it in places that you never knew existed. It's all around you. So what do you mean in like, like numbers and signs and symbols and things like that? Yes. You receive their message and you fill up with their currency and that's woohoo. It's like spiritual currency. It's wild and feral and free joy. So is that what high vibes mean? Yep. You can gain the high frequency power to radiate real joyful vibes out into the universe. That's high vibes. It's contagious. You catch it, you open it, you experience it, and you share it. That's amazing. We should do a podcast. Ooh. Welcome to the Woohoo Crew podcast, where cosmic culture meets pop culture, where we discuss topics like astrology, numerology, the mind-body connection, as well as sports, music, and entertainment. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm joined by my co-host, my pseudo-guru, Cheryl. We are the Woohoo Crew. Cheryl, my pseudo-guru, I have a question for you as we begin episode two. Did you catch any Woohoo this past week? Great question. I did. I caught it. I caught some woohoo from a practice that I did with the other woohooers. And we released the I couldn't, I wouldn't, I shouldn't that were being repressed in our colon. As many as we could, we released it with uh, breathing and twisting. And then we chased it with a laughter potion where we added. I shall, I can, I will, I could, and laughed to seal it. And with that, I was able to come out of, from hiding and um, even under a, a pseudo name, Lady Inhale. And I put myself out there on social media, even That's some, awesome. yeah, so I did. And then, and then the, the ecstasy came from, uh, a lot of my friends that I haven't heard from in a long time reached out to me, a lot of messaging, and, and that, that felt really, really joyful. That's so cool. So you were, you were apprehensive about putting yourself out there as you've done this, this past couple of weeks? I kind of ebb and flow with that, and that's part of one of my gene keys. So, so I need to know like when to put myself out there and when to um, hide. And I've, I've been kind of hiding the last couple of years, which is good. You know, my Scorpio moon really like that. Sometimes I like to do things that my scientific woohoo 
crafting method that I was, that I was, um, designing and, um, crafting that, that took a lot of hiding time. So this is my, my time now to come out. And I just needed that, uh, that woohoo currency, that energy of it to, to guide me through. It's so crazy though, that you, cause you, to me, you seem like you, you know, like hiding would be one of the last things that you would, that you would do. You're very confident you're, you know, you're very knowledgeable. And, um, so that's, that's surprising. And it's interesting too. I mean, I, I, I too, am a hider at times. I, yeah. I don't even know if I call it hiding. I, I guess I call it private, but, um, I'm pretty private. Um, so, but I'm putting myself out there and, and even, and then as I'm doing it, just the, the words are coming very easily, um, to, you know, and then, and, and sharing about this podcast because I want people to know about it. Yeah. So that feels yeah. good. How about yeah. you? Have you caught woohoo currency this week? So I've told you, I'm a big fan of the fall season, uh, weather, football, kids are excited about all the, the, you know, the holidays, um, just a lot of family time. But one of the coolest things is that I've been working on my breath and, uh, it's thank you uh, to you and woohoo craft and the woohooers and just doing that every day. I'm, I'm generally feeling a lot happier and just, I don't know, a little bit sharper, maybe. Uh, mm. I had a, I had a, I, I could only go up in that department. So I definitely feel like I've, I've improved there just a lot of joy. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it and I'm excited for the season. So let's, let's, uh, let's jump into the first quarter of the show. First quarter reason for the season. Woohoo! So we're in the final days of Scorpio season. You gave us a really good intro last week. What do you have for us today? What's happening in the skies? How's it going to affect us? Well, cosmically, it's a big deal. And you may be feeling it because we're in the window now of the full moon and Taurus eclipse happening early Friday morning here on the East Coast. So what is that? So you, sorry, you said Taurus. What is, why is Taurus involved here in Scorpio season? Well, we live in a polarity planet. So Taurus is the polar, the opposite of Scorpio. And in, in the seasons, the whatever season it is, so Scorpio season now, we had the new moon in Scorpio a couple of weeks ago, and then the full moon is in the opposite sign in Taurus. And that happens with each season. So next season, Sagittarius will be a new moon, and then the full moon will be in Gemini to have those opposing energies working together. I never knew that. That's just, okay. That makes sense. I, I didn't realize that there were, there were polar opposites in that sense. Cool. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. They're like flip sides of a coin, which is why, you know, that's the reality of our planet is to work with polarity, right? Like negative, positive batteries and, and all that. That's why it's, you know, the negative and positive parts of us, the, the shadow and the light, all of that work together to make the, our whole thing, our whole being. So this eclipse in Taurus is, um, it's a big deal and it's not gonna feel like uh, all sweet. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a portal and it's, it's one where doors are closing so that doors can open. And the, the doors closing can be rough. And it may be doors that you knew were going to close, that you've wanted to close, or it may be something that um, might be something coming up for you that 
you've been ignoring in, in the brand of your, uh, the way that you brand you're ignoring, maybe you distract or you um, numb or you just run away from it. It's coming up and it's to be seen. And so this is the, you're talking about an eclipse, right? That's coming up on Friday. Is this mm. something, is this one of those where we can go out and, and, and see it and watch it? I mean, as your pseudo guru, I don't recommend going out and watching it. it. It'll be early morning. So I do suggest get being up, but it's a time to stay with the covers um, and or sitting up and doing a breath practice that you'll get on the portal or uh, a meditation to really work with and co-create with the energy because it's a it's an acceleration to be able to close those doors that need to close, open what needs to open. And you want to go dark. You want to be, you want to be in the dark for that and, and resting up until then grounding up until then getting lots of feet on the ground, feet on the earth, eating rooted vegetables, warm food in preparation and as much naps, like anytime you need to um, rest. Another thing to do that's great during um, an eclipse is to be in water. So a shower, an ocean, uh, um, a lake or a, a bathtub, something like that. So I'm familiar with eclipses. I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're cool to, to see or watch, or there's an exciting time. I've never really thought about it like that though. So instead of like trying to appreciate the aesthetics of it, you're saying we should be doing the things you just mentioned so we can, uh, I guess, feel the, the magnitude and the force of that, of the eclipse, which allows us to, so open a door, close a door right? Close the door to open the door, close yeah. the door to open the door. Okay. If I, let's say I wanted to do that, like I could do that in May or July or anytime during the year, but are you saying it's, it's easier to do those things during the, like an eclipse time? Yeah. And we're about to hit eclipse season. So eclipses are a portal and it's an acceleration. It's, it's that accelerates like that. it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's that feeling of, you know, like if you've been in a movie theater and all of a sudden the lights blast on and exposes everything and you're like, Ooh, look at all that sticky stuff where my feet are and look at the seats. And, you know, um, it's, it's that exposure and you just see what's been hidden in shadow in yourself. It's that hitting the lights on. And, um, so normally the planets, you know, they move slowly and, and this is just something that it just, um, it's not subtle at all. So like something has to change. It's a, it's something is going to change and you might know it, you might not. But I think to me, if you, you know, are consciously creating with it and changing with it, as opposed to ignoring it or trying to fight it, then it'll just feel better. That's the woohoo. That's the aligning with the cosmos. That's so interesting though. Crazy. So like, if you want to, and you've been talking about like letting go and, and, you know, just moving on and making, you know, getting rid of things that, that don't really belong in your life. And you can always do that. And I'm talking this out because, you know, it's just starting to sort of click in my, in my head. Mm -hmm. uh, you can always do those things, but if you're taking advantage of what, where the universe is at and what it's providing you, you can do these things quicker. You can do these things maybe even better. That's, yes. that's just really, really interesting. So it's like, why not do it now? Or, or, uh, you know, you can do it later, but uh, it's just going to be harder. 
Right. And you, you, you'll be able to receive the message. I mean, if you're not receiving the message, you're in denial. And this is a message that's hard to receive. It's like when someone tells you, when you have that Scorpio friend that tells you the truth that you don't want to hear, like maybe you have this performative virtue, like you're trying to be really kind and you're like, look at me. And I do all these kind things, but you have all this anger and you know, the high frequency Scorpio friend knows that. And they call you out on that. Like you're doing all that, you know, what you consider kind your performance virtues when really you have all this anger to work with so it's like that it's what other people know if you were to ask them what is it that i'm hiding what is this shadow elements that i have and you ask a, a trusted friend you can always ask a family member because they know ask someone who loves you you know and that's that's to me is true love that's commitment is the you love someone you love the shadow you know and you love the light and a lot of us like I used to always just totally ignore that those shadow elements. And now I I'm digging deep into them, what they are. It's, it's been very, very interesting. So with the shadow yeah. elements, do you, is it a time to just like simply like acknowledge them, embrace them, maybe laugh at them? Or are you trying to like, it sounds like they're mostly like they have a negative sort of meaning or connotation or it's a shadow element would be something like, or what, what would be an example of a shadow element? Well, for me, one of mine is that I complicate things and that, and then it shows up in all elements. Like if I'm making a smoothie, I comp instead of just putting two or three ingredients, I put like 20 or, you know, if I'm sending, um, email, I want to make sure I mention all these different things. Like all these things have to be in place in my home. You know, I have to have certain elements. Like I just complicate things. So, so, so how does, yeah. So how does that, so how does that come into <laughs> kind of where I saw that, that, uh, that conversation going, uh, just kidding. Uh, but how do you, so what, what's the point though, or, or why are they, why are we bringing that into the discussion as, as far as Scorpio season and this eclipse that's upcoming, is it a time to just embrace it? or to maybe make improvements around those things or, you know, cause maybe being, you know, complicating things works for you and it's, and it's, you know, it's a good thing and it's uh, just doesn't really, you know, other people may not like it. So what's, what are you doing with these shadow elements during this season? Like just exposing them. And I don't really consider them bad. I, to me, I think like, to me, it's funny how I overcomplicate things. And um, I have a lot of shadow elements and, you know, my, kids i joke that they could chronologically or alphabetically let you know the files um but yeah but that's what I, makes I, us I, unique right that's what yeah, makes us different. exactly and so if you if you don't i mean i have plenty of shadow elements i'm sure if here's <laughs> here's the way i look at it now if i if i meet somebody they don't have shadow elements i probably don't want to be friends with them well if they're trying to hide them but you always see them you know what i mean so that those people like yeah, those are the ones that you you know so, the ones that are performative. That's what you have to be like the ones that are always trying to to show you how great they are. Be careful of those. That's why, like, like I think of like a lot of my my friends that have um, that that's high Scorpio energy is you know they they pretend to be all like Ugh, but they're the ones that you know you you, you um you're having a like a breakdown and they're the first ones you could call and tell them your weird freaky story and they're just right there with you that you know so that I I think that when people let you know when they show you their um their shadow side first. And some people show it first. And, and you know, I, I taught in schools for years and 
I loved, um, I particularly was connected to the, the children who showed that side first. And, you know, they tend to be the troublemakers or whatever, but I think in their mind, it's like, wow, if you'll accept me in this way, you know, then you really, really, I, I, I trust you. And I think that's a lot with trust. And I think that's a lot with Scorpio as well is when you can, you have that emotional, that deep emotional trust in someone who will sh not only share their shadow elements, but listen and help you um, share yours. That's crazy. I, it's a term I've never heard until I met you, but it's, uh, we all have them. And, and, and now I'm, is this something is shadow elements is, this is a fascinating term. Is this something like, are you aware of this? Like when you're talking to people, are you sort of like, you know, honing in on what their shadow elements may be or do I, like, are, are you, are you I conscious of that? As you? <laughs> I think so. I, I think, especially people that I know really well. And then, you know, if I know them really well and I'm able to call them out on it, you know, and we, we they, they share mine. I love that. Those are the kind of relationships I have. And a lot of them have some strong Scorpio energy. It doesn't mean that they're a Scorpio sun or even rising or moon, but I think, you know, if they're drawn to me who has a Scorpio moon and other um, planets in Scorpio, then that's the kind of relationships I want. And, you know, it just makes it just more of a powerful relationship. I, and also, if you think about it, like if you're drawn to any of the underworld or Hades or, you know, any of the dark movies or books or then, you know, if you're, you know, if, if not, like, let's say like you only watch Hallmark movies, which is fine, you know, um, this can be very grounding to watch that channel. But, you know, are, like, are you able to handle that, that other, that other side? And um, that, that's what it's all about to me. So part of it is like, you know, you used the term cosmic gym a long time ago, which, which I yeah. thought was one of the coolest things I've, I've heard. So embracing this part of the season and, and, you know, not necessarily, as you said, always focusing on the Hallmark channel, but going a little bit to the other side, it's almost like you're training yourself and you're training your body and your mind to be able to handle things that you are going to deal with later on in life that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're sheltered in the Hallmark world, you're going to be unprepared for these darker things that inevitably will come up in your life that you have to deal with. Right. So if you always have to be comfortable and it's even like, you know, if you, are you willing to go out with kind of looking disheveled or are you, are you able to go like, to me, I, I like to dress for my seven-year-old self, like what my seven-year-old would be proud for me to wear. And sometimes it's, you know, mixed match. Sometimes it's a, my, um, one of my dear friends, Stephanie, her grandmother's robe, I wear that all the time. You probably see that on the portal um, of meditations early in the morning. Yeah, totally. That's fascinating. So as we, uh, as we start to wrap up the first quarter, I, I want to share a breakthrough that I have with you. And I, I, I think I have to owe it all to, to you and my pseudo guru. <laughs> so we were uh, this past weekend, I, I, my wife was doing something. I had to take the kids to a birthday party and I was, I don't know, I was somewhere busy in the house. And I'm, I remember like yelling from one floor to another, you know, guys go get dressed mm -hmm. and so I, I've always, I, I don't know. There's always been, I like to, we like to dress our kids relatively nicely and, you know, they're always well put together. Usually at least when we go out in public. So my daughter walks in and she has, and she's seven, which you mentioned that you like to mm -hmm. dress like your seven year old self. So she comes in and I think she's done this a few times that we've nixed it and we'd had to like redress her, but she comes in and I don't know if I can describe it properly, but it was like <laughs> this, she had like this rainbow sort of top. Oh, there's a cosmic timer. She had this like this rainbow top, this tutu that was like crazy different colors. She had 
like a skirt on that was like gray. It was like the only thing that wasn't colorful. It was like this long gray skirt. <laughs> and then and then she had this dress on below that, which was uh like plaid. And I mean, it was literally like if if uh if Crayola just like threw up all over her. And <laughs> and my first inclination is normally we gotta go change. But I just I I, I was like, you know what, you look great. And oh, off we went. And that's amazing. And and mm -hmm. she it was. I got in trouble when my wife saw the pictures, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but she had a blast and there was just something where it was, uh, to me, I felt like a growth moment because, uh, you know, it's really not that important. I'd much rather see her be happy than me mm -hmm. feeling like I need to, you know, I don't want to be made fun of because I let my child dress like that in public, but I don't know. It was cool. I enjoyed it. And I'm proud of myself for that one. Yeah. It's really fun. I mean, it's, it's still fun. And then, so that's what I try to do is please my, my seven-year-old self. That's, totally. And seven, that's, seven, yeah. That's the age to me. That's your souls. Like when you're, that's like, it's the same thing. Your seven-year-old self is your soul. And that's one the one that's talking to you and saying, you know, when you're asking like what door should close, like I did that this morning, I, uh, what door should close. And she said, um, anything boring, anything that has harsh rules, and anything that that feels sticky. So my seven year old said to me, okay, I love okay. it. I mm -hmm. want to get when we have more time, I want to talk about how you how you got there, how you how you talk to your seven year old self, because that's that's pretty interesting as well. OK, we'll be right well, back. It'll be on the portal tomorrow morning. Second quarter Woo wire. Second quarter starts now. I tell a story. Pseudo Guru channels a cosmic force on the Woohoo wire. We figure out the meaning. Let's get started. So, when my first child was born, the, the my daughter I just referenced earlier, and uh, my wife and I were settling into our roles as parents. One of my jobs became to put my daughter to bed, and that process quickly evolved into me singing her a song every night or three. Mm -hmm. So. I mostly did the classics, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, um, Hallelujah was a crowd favorite. And I'd, I'd throw in an occasional 80s rock ballad just to kind of keep things interesting. <laughs> so when she was about three years old, she saw the movie Frozen for the first time. Now, if you're a parent, this is a disclaimer. If you're a parent and this song brings you any anxiety or anger <laughs> because you've heard it so many times, you may want to fast forward about five minutes. <laughs> so, so one night, She's three years old, and she asked me to sing Let It Go as a bedtime song. This is the first time. So I Googled the lyrics, and I sang it. Next night, same thing. By the seventh night, I had the lyrics memorized. And this went on for over two years. Every single night, I sang her Let It Go, like the entire song. Wow. It, it, it got so monotonous that I had to start, like, doing it in foreign accents just to keep myself entertained. <laughs> I, I would even, like, mix in different music genres and sing the lyrics like in a, in a rock and roll or country. I think I even had like a hip hop version. It, it didn't matter. She loved them all. Like there was something about this song. And the only reason I think I stopped or it stopped was because her brother was born and eventually the, the bedtime routines just changed, but it, it was crazy. I mean, so, so given the fact that I've, I've sung this frozen song, let it go roughly 857 times roughly <laughs> why was my daughter so enthralled with the song let it go
that's the Woohoo Wire, and we are joined by the Cosmic Colon. Mm. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for calling me. Absolutely. So I know you heard as you were in transport, I know you heard my story, and we're trying mm. to figure out why was my daughter so into this song? I love that she was into it because that's that's my mantra. That's my right? spell, my telltale spell. Let it go. That's what yeah. you're all about. Yeah, exactly. That's why we it's need you here. Sticker. So shed some light mm-hmm. under this. Well, she, she most likely needed to move things along, and especially before going to sleep with digestion. I'm the I'm the last organ, and she needed to let things go before she slept. So she, it's a, it's a time to process any pollutants like that she may have taken in uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, energetically, um, hydrate any, anything that's been hardened. Oftentimes some of our emotional, commotional energy can get hardened, like, like in the movie frozen that you were talking about, it can get frozen or just hardened. Um, she might've wanted to, um, reuse rage, like reuse it for something more, um, useful or, yeah, or recycle some of her reactions and, um, that she, that she, you know, because the colon, what, what I help all colons do, and that goes with emotions and as well as physically and energetically and mentally is to really release any, any old stagnant energies there. And what tends to live in the colon are resentments and stuck reactions, um, as well as any kind of entropy. So do you have those as a seven-year-old though, or or is that, is that, and and, and she's aware of it, or is it just something, and maybe it's manifesting it as something else and she doesn't know that it's resentments. It could be her own resentments or she could have, you know, you can catch anything. So she could have caught some of yours. Um, it could be in the lineages, seven generations back that with epigenetics, it could have been, she was near somebody and they had a lot of rage or they had a lot of resentment and she kind of caught that. Or she might've, you know, as, as a young child, we can, you know, we can get upset when um, we're not getting what we, we think are our, what we need, our needs met, you know, or our desires met. And we could, you know, let's say we wanted that chocolate bar or we wanted that toy and we didn't get it. And we might've been filled with rage and which is a perfect natural thing. And we want to be able to release that. Got it. Okay. That's fascinating. And any kind of old thoughts, any toxins, any like sticky secrets, like maybe, you know, as a young child might've done something that you thought might be wrong or bad and she kept it a secret and that kind of secrets are kind of sticky and they get, they get stuck in us. Um, and what we also want to do when the colon, like letting it go, um, what us colons do is we soak up smiles and we absorb nutrients. So when you, she's able to release, let it go, old thoughts, old sticky secrets, old, any kind of pollution, just processing it, letting it go, releasing then she's more apt to soak up smiles and absorb the nutrients. So you and get it, the you get the bad stuff, the sticky stuff out of there, and all of a sudden there's more room for the good stuff. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, 
It's like taking out the trash, right? Like what, what would happen if you didn't take out the trash? Would you want to be in that room anymore? Like if you, what if you never took the trash out or never emptied a litter box or never flushed a toilet? Think about that. That's the same as our emotional uh, residues. It's the same. We have emotional, mental as well. Like everything that you've ever read or taken in with your eyes, everything you smelled with your nose, you've listened to with your ears, you've touched all that you have things that need to be digested. It's not just food. And uh, that's what I help with as a cosmic colon. I help all of the colons of the universe with that. So if you're, is this, is this sort of like your, your tax season for accountants? Like, is this your busiest season of the year? It is. It really is this season. I work closely with my colleague, the lung and we help with exhaling in Scorpio season. So I also work with the reproductive organs, but the um, cosmic penis has been very busy with Jeff, Be <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bezos situation. Um, but yeah, me are, in you, the lungs. Are, you, are you referencing <laughs> his, his penis rocket? Yes. Yes. And all that comes with that, the emotional, uh, commotional situations and so, what, so the cosmic yeah. penis, you're saying that, that he's very busy right now, uh, tending to that situation. Well, he's in Venus, actually the cosmic penis he's in Venus because he needed the energy of Venus, um, to help him with Jeff Bezos issues. And it's working out really well. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff good. Bezos isn't the only one with that issue. Yeah, totally. But, um, so if like down the road, if we want to get the cosmic penis on the, on the show, on the woohoo wire is you can put in a good word for us. I can put in a really good word okay. and I do work with the lungs, which might surprise you. And we work in, and, um, together, um, because you know, like if you're not letting go, you can not exhale. And if you can not exhale, you can not inhale. And then your, your, uh, spiritual bank account is really low because you don't have the life force in there. So that's what I do. I want everybody to have a strong life force. So me and the cosmic lung, we work really hard to, to help with that, to, with all the lungs and the colons, uniting them. They, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you brought up spiritual bank account because we use that. You weren't here for it, but we use that term in the first quarter. Um, it's just a fascinating like thing to think about, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, you know, I always kind of look at it like a, like a video game where you have like an energy like level and as you, your energy depletes, like, you, you know, you want to try to get more. And I kind of look at that as a spiritual bank account. Like you want to get more energy, more the positive stuff and, and less of the, you know, no energy or low frequency, you know, things like that. Yeah. And so, but in order to do that, we have to, you know, excrete and, you know, we absorb water. So we, we help with that absorbing water, getting hydrated and then honoring the millions of bacteria living inside us. There's so much bacteria that does a lot of work for us. And then also I help, I help other, um, colons attune to the first contract, the first contract to excrete. So the first time you contract that's when you want to excrete and that helps release emotionally, mentally, physically, energetically. So just attuning to that, but they call me in the, um, you know, in the cosmic realm, they call me the king of transportation. Ooh. So I know. Yeah. Cause I control the transformation of digestive waste. So, um, and then I help people do that. And that's, you know, play a, a I play a major role in the balance and, and the purity of bodily fluids. And then I assist my 
my partner, the lung and controlling the pores and perspiration. So if you know, you want to, that's another way of releasing is sweating. So anytime you, you know, you excrete or you sweat or uh, you cough or you yawn or anything fluids that come out of you. If you, if you take some old resentment, some sticky resentment, some old thing that you've kept secret, a resentment that you have, that you have, if you take that energy and you, and you bring it into whatever is leaving your body in one of those ways, that's, that's what I help people do to, so that, to release. That's why you feel better after like a run or a workout, right? Cause you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're sweating. I, I just never really thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also really close with my colleague, the grammatical colon. Do you know about that grammatical colon, the two dots? Have you ever connected with that? Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure where you're going here with this, but I, I will say I've always, been, I've always been confused on how to, how to use each one because you, you have the colon and then you have the semicolon. Right. Well, yeah. So um, that's the same, you know, some Are they brothers have- or sisters, siblings? Yeah, well, they're they're united energetically, so you could call them that. Yeah, they're 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 definitely related. And for for um, what I help the colons do universally is you put one dot, you know, one on top of the other, and then you proceed it with a list of thoughts and emotions and energy that needs to clear. And then you dump that waste one by one. So you visualize those dots, and then you dump the waste. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so I also um, have a sword, a white metal sword. I am very, very kind, but I- But you, you have know, weapons. But I have a weapon, a, a white metal sword because I separate what is spent, what is impure, what is unnecessary. And the metal, so anytime that you have metal and that metal element manifests in food, like pungent flavor, like root vegetables, fruits with thick peels, and even the color white, like that helps you separate what is spent, impure, unnecessary to clear. So think of me with my sword. Just just wiping away and swinging away and pushing away all of the, the toxins and the bad stuff. Like cutting away. Um, so I, I just, I help anytime you're holding on to old stuff, stagnation, guilt, regret, just any kind of discouragement. The opposite of courage, discourage, any distress, any apathy, you know, that apathy that is, is what has you hold on to things. So when you're attuned to your body and you feel that first contract, that first contraction, go with that, listen to it. And then you'll, you'll be able to exhale. You'll be able to release, you'll be able to let it go. And I'm so glad that your daughter, you know, the other thing is she may have been teaching you to let go. Like, cause I, I, I believe that children choose their parents. So she chose you and your wife, and maybe she had you sing the song to help you let go. Wow. Isn't that an interesting Wow. Concept? Yeah. You just gave me something pretty interesting to think about. How are you with letting go of, do you have any resentments or? Um... <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate. I feel like I have a lot to be very thankful for, but I have had a very rough uh, couple months. And I don't know if you know this. And are you are you uh, a sports fan at all, Cosmic Cole? Do you get sports out where you reside? <laughs> you know, we have a different kind of games that we play. We play. You know, I'm involved in the digestive league. <laughs> Is that funny? Pretty yeah. Good. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, but, we, it, but we're more about working together. So how, as you have your, you know, I, we find it interesting in the, in, up here in the cosmos that you tend to like, cause we work together synergistically, even, you know, sure, like sure. kind of a, we all win. Cause if like, let's say, you know, I'm in a digestive league, but it's more about um, how fast can we digest, you know? So we work together. I work with the smaller intestine and, you know, with the liver and with the pancreas. So we all work together, the stomach with the mouth, all of, all of us work more cosmic and we chose you. So all of your organs choose you. Did you know that your colon chose you? So we work like that. We're not, we're not, um, because if we had resentment for another team and we didn't like another team, then, you know, we'd be all blocked up and we wouldn't be doing our work at all. So I want to, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to hear it first. So explain to me how my colon chose me. All of your organs are entities. They're cosmic entities and they choose you. Were they, did they, have they, am I the first person they've chosen? Have they chosen other people in the past or how does, what, what's the origin of my colon? You know, my colon, right? Yes. You're, yes, you're, you're, you're the, like the cosmic manager of my colon, I believe. Yeah. I'm connected to it. Right. And I, yeah. Um, it's to do it, you know, helping you. So they're all here to helping you. They all have the cosmic, like the nutritive force. And in your case, it's helping you let go of a particular kind of resentment that you have that, you know, being a Scorpio son and, and it's that one lower perhaps frequency that you have of, of a resentment just to make life interesting. Yes. So let me ask you this cosmic colon. So I'm a, I know you have your digestive league, which I've heard is pretty, is pretty fun to watch. Um, we don't get it on ESPN here, but I am curious. I'm a big football fan. I'm, I went to school at the university of Florida, big Gator fan. And mm -hmm. we've had a rough, uh, I, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you check the sports pages each day, but it's been a, it's been a rough season. There's a lot of turmoil. It's kind of like one daily embarrassment after another. And I have a lot of resentment. I have a lot of anger. I have a lot of, uh, and I realize this problem is probably very minimal to, you know, most people around the world, but to me, it's, uh, there's a lot of emotional angst and, and other things that I've been sort of dealing with. How can I release all of that, all of that stuff and, and let go of, of my resentment towards my team who's failed me this year? Yeah. So that's, that's where we work the hardest is with, um, sports fans and pol political fans, as well as, um, religious fans. Those are the top three. That's what keeps us very, very busy. So yeah, you, I mean, dig deep during this season and there's an eclipse coming up and it would be a, a, a way to see like, is, is there a deeply rooted reason why you resent? I think in your issue, there's two teams that you resent. Yes. Two teams that trigger you? Are there more? Uh, two main, when you, two when main you, ones. When you say triggered, are you talking about like teams that I just don't like? Well, like if somebody were to say, you know, mention them or um, oh, there's, maybe there's, they have. A, yeah, there's one team that triggers me probably. One team. Okay, yeah, one team. One. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So does that team have a particular color associated with them? Yeah, red. And do you wear red? Never. <laughs> okay. So yeah, th that could be a start, just maybe one little red thing or something that has maybe a patch of red, just starting with not making, to. yeah, not making red wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, you, we can call on the, on the woohoo wire too. You can call my colleague, um, red, the cosmic red, and maybe the, the red would help you more with that, but that would maybe be a start. That would be, you know, 
a start of wearing red because red was going to help you get rooted. And that's going to help your colon work well too, when it feels rooted. Cause when you, when you're uprooted, then it's very hard for the colon to do its job. So red is the, the color of the first chakra to help you get really rooted. So that could be a, something that you do. Um, so one of the fun yeah. things though, about being a, a, a sports fan is that you have your favorite team that you, that you root for. Mm-hmm. And then you have your rivals who you root against and you mm-hmm. usually don't like to see them have any kind of uh, success in that sports, let's call arena, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mind I don't mind my rival sports fans being happy in real life. In fact, I, I think that's probably a good thing. <laughs> but I just don't want them to be happy when it comes to the specific sport that I'm rooting against them in. Now, my question to you, Cosmic Colon, is am I doing myself a disservice by harnessing that resentment and that almost hatred uh, that I have of my, my rival sports fans. Does that make me, am I, am, am I just not able to catch the woohoo as we like to say around here, just have more joy in my life because I have that part of me that is, you know, that wants to see my rival fans not be happy. Well, let's think about when you, when you leave your body, when you die, and are you going to be proud, like on your deathbed, are you going to be proud of this resentment that you hold? And are you want, do you want that legacy to carry on with your children? Like, are you going to be proud of that? Or is I, there maybe another quality that you would want them to? Um... Yeah, I think it, I think at some point a long time ago, it, it kind of went from a good natured fandom to kind of where we're at now. And, and no, I don't want my kids to have that because there's always going to be, you know, you're not going to you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win it. You know what I mean? So there's going to be ups Mm -hmm. and downs. And, and what's interesting is I started to realize, I don't know, within the last 10 years that I hate when we're losing much more than I love when we're winning. And that's something that was really interesting to me is, you know, you start to really like the, the losses and the disappointment becomes way heavier than the wins and the success. Right. Mm. And that's, that's, like if it was a balance, you could sort of deal with it, but it's like, I don't enjoy the wins as much anymore, but I, I take the losses harder. And so I'd like to get that balance back. Yeah. And it was, it's all a balance. Like lightheartedness is fun and funny. So just bring yourself back to balance with, um, but how do I do egg. that? Yeah. Well, working with the lung, working with your lung, making sure that you're breathing rhythmically can help you and deep, deep full breaths with a mantra. And perhaps you can, but what would a mantra be like? Let it go. Red is okay. No, I would say let it before you introduce red, you got to let some things go. Um, so I would say, let it go. Do you eat red food? Have you ever had a tomato or an apple? Yes, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's a start. That's a start. That's good. You eat red foods. See, there you go. That's perfect. I'm making, I'm making progress. Um, yeah. So when, it, when you say mantra and you say, let it go. So when you're, and that's a mantra is basically something that you're just repeating to yourself, right? Yeah. It's like a spell. It's a spell. Like, cause that's what spell means, right? Like words, like you're, you're spelling out what you want to happen and you're making it happen. But what's so, your, what's your mind doing when you're, when you're, when you're spelling it out? Like, are you letting your, are you letting your mind wander? Or are you, are you erasing all thoughts or are you focusing on what you're supposed to be letting go? Like in this case, a rival team. Well, there's only like three people who can, um, 
or, you know, have no thoughts and they all live in Tibet. So <laughs> humans that is. Um, so it's not about erasing. It's about focusing on your, on your mantra, on your spell while you're breathing in and out. And then your thoughts will be there, but you're favoring the thought of the mantra of the spell. So let, so let it go would be louder than the thoughts. And then the thoughts are able to clear because you're favoring the spell, the mantra that's in your mind. And it doesn't have to be let it go. You might have a different one, but let it go works really well. And your daughter is trying to help you with that, you know? So, um, and there might be other ways of maybe you could, like you said, you like to sing it. So maybe sing the song or write it. You could write it on, uh, you know, like a, a glass that you have your tea in or something. And as you drink it, so you have that energy, but keeping that energy and letting it go. And every time you, you sweat or you excrete, go for letting go of that built up resentment that you have so that you can make it more, move it, move it up to a higher frequency where that opposing team is, it's more of a, you know, it's more fun for you. And then you can enjoy the wins and um, the losses you're able to mentally manage better. You're able to mentally manage. Yeah. That's fascinating. Well, listen, cosmic colon. Thanks. That was super cool. And I'm glad we did it during this football season for me personally, selfishly, because I, as we just found out, have some things that I need to let go as well. Thanks for being here. Yeah. It's my season too. It's Scorpio season and it's, it's my season as well. So I'm glad we're working together and call on me anytime the woohoo wire. Will do safe travels back. Thank you. This week's show is sponsored by the Cosmic Colon. It's the organ that helped fuel the Let It Go movement. Call upon the Cosmic Colon to catch the currency of clarity and sing your soul's song. Third quarter, the interview. We're back, third quarter. We have a really cool guest today named Cutler. He's an impressive young guy who just discovered astrology, and it's changing his life. Woohoo, Cutler. Welcome. Thank you. So how are you catching? How are you receiving the woohoo lately in the season of Scorpio? Well, I think for me, one of the most beneficial things that I've been doing in this season is kind of channeling in my Libra sun energy and just kind of recognizing um, what you've been talking about, um, about polarity and like kind of recognizing that there has to be a balance in this life. Cause throughout my entire childhood, throughout my entire life, I've always been pretty one-sided. Um, like as um, for those who don't, don't know me, just give a little background. I'm a very driven, like studious individual. And so throughout my childhood and like upbringing, I was always very, much in touch with that part of my life, but I wasn't very much in touch with like the adventurous sides or the, the spontaneous sides or the the fun side. <laughs> and so I feel like <laughs> through this this season, I've been catching the woo-woo currency, but just kind of like feeling out that polarity of that life can offer and just finding that that balance between, you know, two definitely different polar opposites of, you know, experience. Love that. Good for you. And your name, Cutler Cannon. That's Wait, a cool name, by the way. Such a cool name, <laughs> such a majestic name. It totally suits that. 
for you. So how are you? Um, so have you um, let go of anything in order to, to be able to catch the currency? Like what do you, mm -hmm. it could be now, it could be any time. Like are, how are you able to let go of things? Yeah, it was interesting because you mentioned my name. So just to give a little background on it and like why my parents chose it. So <laughs> Cutler, um, so I, I'm Jewish by, by culture and like I was raised up in a Jewish household. And so Cutler is a, it, it's a Hebrew name um, and it basically translates into rightly dividing truth. Um, so it's basically like my parents explained it to me that they named me this because they wanted to always kind of decipher through what is you know, good and bad, what is truthful and not. And so like, when you ask me, what have I let go of? Is, is this kind of like going off my name and just kind of seeking out like what's good for me, what's not for, good for me. And also realizing that there are different perspectives in the world that not everyone is so like like-minded, but you have to find worth and value in other people's um, perspectives. So I would say just like letting go of the things that negatively influence me by what people say to me or, or the experience that I've gone through, just realizing that it sometimes it happens in just a different context that so you have to kind of alter your mindset to kind of understand. And so like once you alter your mindset to see the perspectives of other people or to see why maybe this experience that you at first thought was a bad one could be recontextualized into something that is benefiting you, that it helps you kind of let go of those, those bad energies that you associate with um, people's thoughts or people's experiences. How, how old are you? I'm 22 now. Good Lord. Yeah. You're, uh, <laughs> you're, you're wise at 22. I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't spell half the words you just said at the age of 22. <laughs> <laughs> so you. were, were your, were your parents, were they religious? Was it a, like a, like a, a heavy Jewish, uh, upbringing? Yeah. So my parents are very, very religious. Um, and that did like bleed itself into a lot of the ways that I was raised and my brother were raised. Um, brothers were raised. I have two of them. Um, however, it's super interesting because my family also like spans the entire political spectrum. Um, so like my dad is just like super, super, super right. My mom is a little bit more conservative, but I can see the other side. And then I'm like a little bit on the left, but can see like the logic of the right. And then my brother is like, uh, prison abolitionist, like full-on leftist. And so like, wow. it's like- it's Thanksgiving the, dinner has to be- yeah. uh, pretty, Oh yeah, super, super interesting. Which is like- We're going to do, we're gonna do a podcast from your uh, from your dining room table. Maybe next week. Arguments that, that evolve. Yeah, it's super, super interesting. But that's why like the conversation with Cheryl about polarity just kind of resonated with me because it's recognizing that differences are good and they that you can see like insight through them. Um, Totally. And like uh, one of my personal experiences, I guess, is with my religion and my sexuality, because I'm an openly gay, a gay man. However, that opened up a lot of difficulty in my household when I when I came out and my brother's also gay. So it even like compounded <laughs> with that. But a lot of the things with back to like what I let go is that what a lot of people don't necessarily recognize within the homosexual community is that a lot of gay people have in what's called internalized homophobia which is basically this belief that like when is someone when someone is going through the process of coming out that you have these certain parts of your identity that you want to express but that you don't want to like it took years and years and years for me to be able to say like I'm gay or like I like such and such or I 
um, have this kind of alternative perspective that is different from other people. Because for the longest time, I didn't want to be different. I wanted to kind of abide by social norms. I wanted to abide by what my parents wanted from me. And so my parents at that time in my life were very, very homophobic. <laughs> but a, another like kind of incongruency that I see within like the gay community is that they kind of expect when they come out to someone to like automatically have support, which yes is ideal, but because my parents had such a strong foundation of religious beliefs that were inherently like against this kind of lifestyle, I had to kind of reframe my mindset and realize that I couldn't just necessarily expect them to dismantle their entire like fundamental beliefs of what sure. they believe is right and wrong. It has to be a process. Sure. So even though it led to a lot of arguments, it led to a lot of discomfort in my household, that ultimately I think what led to our relationships being healed because like now my parents are like my best friends and they're like the most supportive people in like my life in terms of even my sexuality um it's amazing and just re yeah just realizing that they had this growth process of where they had to kind of realize how my identity fit in with what they believe was right or wrong when you came out how long after did you uh did you realize or did you have that thought of well they need to they need time to process it as as well and I'm, i may not get that instant mm -hmm. support i thought Right. So for me, it was uh, a bit of a, a weird process because my mom, like I believe this wholeheartedly that my mother has a gift with the dreams. Like she has these dreams that are very prophetic, that she's been given information in these dreams that she just couldn't simply make up. Like she's been given passwords. She's been she's met people in her dreams that she hasn't met in real life yet. Um, and told about future events that ended up happening, told about secrets about me and my brother. Um, so when I was 12, she had a dream that um, I was gay. And my mom has always been a very forward person. So she approaches me and asks me, like, are you gay? She's a Scorpio? When I'm 12, what? Is she a Scorpio? She's a Virgo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a very Scorpio-like um, thing to do. Yeah, it's very Scorpio. I can't remember her, um, her moon and her rising, but she's always been like a very forward person. <laughs> um, uh, when I was 12, like... I was nowhere near close to coming to terms that I was gay, like accepting it myself out a lot of that internal homophobia because I myself just wanted to live a straight man because it's not easy to, to be gay, even though people are like, well, it's a choice and you just change your ways. No, it's, it's, not, that, it's not that simple. Because um, <laughs> I wish it was. Um, but that turned into a lot of, I guess, practices that my mom and still just kind of like helped me, help me, <laughs> um, and quote unquote, change that lifestyle and kind of like, I go into this uh, phase of like praying the gay away. I went through this like therapy sessions about homosexual suppression and like trying to see my way out of that. And, and was, this, was this mostly from you or was this your parents? Uh, mainly my parents, about? yes. Okay. Yeah, mainly my parents. Um, okay. And so when I was 14, I like spiraled into this really, really deep depression. And eventually I got to the point that I was like, mom, it worked. <laughs> like, I'm <straight laughs> But I did that, which was like, funny but looking like looking back at it, it was a very funny thing that like I did both just like stop what well, the process of like the therapy the books I was reading the pray gay pray the gay away groups that I was a part of but I also did it partly because I wanted to see if like I myself could lead a heterosexual lifestyle and be happy with it and so then I had a girlfriend for an entire year <laughs> but it became more of this like best friends kind of relationship like it wasn't romantically charged and then my did she Ex know? Now, was, was she, she eventually she... kind of picked up on it. Yeah. Okay. She was like, this is not 
not normal for like relationships I've been in. She's now married, um, but like it just definitely didn't pick up. And so that relationship ended peacefully. It was like mutual, like we're still friends. It was then that I realized that it wasn't something that I was just, that was going to go away. Um, so at that point, my, I was 14 at that time. Um, and then, so I was 15 when I re- came out again. And then I had my first boyfriend and my brother came out when I was 18. And it was when he came out um, and then seeing like, my parents' reaction to that, which was still pretty bad, that I realized it was just a process. Um, So it took from 12 to, I guess, 17, 18, to realize that it just is simply a difference of perspective, Um, but that for me, familial connection is really, really important um, because I have a lot of friends who just simply walked away from their house, walked away from their family because it just wasn't working. But I I guess my Libra energy was like, I want to balance this out. I want to kind of heal this these bonds that we have and so it just took time but um, I'm glad that I did that in my and we have a very close family now even my brother um all my parents and so yeah it really it, it worked out I think it was your um Libra yeah your Libra balancing but you have an Aries mm-hmm. rising right so you have that yes. warrior you were fighting for the family unity mm-hmm. and then the Pisces moon you held the dream thank you mm-hmm. so much for sharing that that story yeah yeah, yeah no, makes that's that was great. Um, so you, I want to I want to ask you more about that, uh, Cheryl. Because mm-hmm. again, as I kind of go on this like journey of like understanding the cosmos uh, a lot more, like to me it's like interesting. So you're, we have a, a blueprint, right? That we you know based on when we were born, and how we're going to react to things. So is it safe to say that like like the situation that that Cutler went through was was I mean that's that was a six year and probably even beyond that to some degree. Uh, but that was quite a, that was a journey. Certain people just better predisposed or were, or, or, or not as predisposed to go through that and, and deal with that. Is that, I've never really thought about it like that, but it, that's kind of what I'm, I'm seeing when you talk about your, your sign and, and your, you know, your rising and, and there's different, there's different forces in you that allow you to sort of navigate those waters better or worse than others. Well, there are some theories that we choose this whole thing. Like earth is kind of, is our stage and we choose what we're going to do. So it could have been possible that before they embodied, you know, Cutler's like, okay, I'm going to play this role. And his mom and dad are going to play this role and they're going to act it all out. That's a possibility, which makes sense to me. I think Cutler, I mean, I think it's probably a lot of things why he has such had such wisdom at a young age and continues to amaze us with his you know he's 22 now but all the wisdom he's had always so and yes his um i i appreciate that he has the libra sun the aries moon sorry the aries rising because those are polarities and that he works with those and to me he keeps them in perfect balance of the libra when he and you can see like Cutler, how you live your life too, right? Like the, like Libra is, you know, he'll go to a store and take a really long time to pick like the best toothpaste or the best shampoo or something. Right. Right. (laughs) Or like in the dating world, like, okay, what do you think about this person? Here's his chart. What do you think about this person? Like he's weighing that out, but Aries, right. Like it manifests in other ways of, um, you know, you text him, he's going to text you right back and expect that like fast, you know, Aries. And then that's like in the everyday kind of thing, like little things like we can all relate to but in the case of his family i think he i think that you know those archetypes the high frequency of both libra and aries were he was able to use those whether he knew it consciously or not he used that and then he has pisces moon which is 
a very evolved um, energy of unity. And he wanted that unity in his family and, and he has it. And I, I, I really applaud that, that, you know, you all have different differences politically, maybe even, you know, religion and some of the, maybe even sports, you know, who knows, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> maybe, you know, um, but those things that can really tear other families apart and instead it made you closer. That is really, really um, just so, so inspiring. There's something cool about, yeah, totally. Um, it's just something cool about like being able to be close to people that don't share like the same perspectives as you like i mean i've gone through obviously in different ways in, in my life and some some people that you just don't agree with you get angry at but but like mm -hmm. some of my best friendships and and you know family relationships are people that i don't agree with that politically or religiously or anything like that but when you get to that point where you can actually like coexist and and talk and and share and just be normal that's awesome you know and it, and i think you like i've gotten better at that as i've gotten older but i don't know i've it's just a it's a fun deep relationship when you're able to have those yeah because i think i think with one of my personal struggles like as Cheryl kind of mentioned like with my areas rising like wanting rapid things like there was a phase <laughs> in my life like probably the first two or three like years of like coming out i was so caught up in like why aren't y'all like just adjusting like why can't y'all just accept this why can't we like move on like there was that period where I was like urging for that rapidness, I guess, that that warriorness that like let's let's make these actions come to fruition. Let, let me see like the the fruit of this struggle. Like I was very much wanting, like hungering for that. Um, but then I guess realizing that there's these, these these different energetic balances, like with my Libra and like my Pisces that had a really strong emotional connection, like I was able to kind of see through that wanting for quickness and just kind of like take a step back, go, go uh, evolve some patience and just kind of like ride the waves in that way. When did you get into astrology? Not even a long time ago, like probably moving into Cheryl's house to like the beginning of the semester. Cause like even t a year and a half, two years ago, I believed that astrology was like, this like pseudoscience that I was just never going to touch or like study or even believe in. But then like after these conversations I've had about astrology and just kind of getting into more of like the philosophy of the philosophy of the cosmos it's made me realize that there's just a lot of parallelisms because I'm a very strong believer in science as a pre-medical student like I've always been very fascinated by science but when I was able to contextualize what I saw in astrology and like see how it resembles a lot of the things that I see in the scientific uh world I was able to kind of see like hmm maybe this is actually something I should give more attention to um so that was kind of a cool like evolution that I've really had within like the last six months <laughs> so, yeah gotcha okay cool yeah that's amazing that you can bring both in that that's you know that you see all the sides too which makes us i think it just makes it even so much more interesting okay um so is there anything that any doors that you're closing any doors that are opening for you this um eclipse season this eclipse season well i guess in context of just like my life <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a college <laughs> student. Um, and I, I yeah, mean, go back I, to sorry to interrupt. So, for context, you mentioned you when you moved into Cheryl's house. So, uh, yeah. the context there is that Cheryl, you have an Airbnb, and yes, and, and Cutler is living in your, your Airbnb. And so, and that's part of where you've gotten this exposure, uh, to yes, yes, yes. To the, to yeah, I should have clarified that. Yeah, so yeah, I was that's... supposed to be studying, studying abroad this semester but it fell through because of COVID difficulties um, with getting my student visa. 
Um, so in, by the time I realized I wasn't able to study abroad, I had, I had missed the housing deadline for like applications for Emory housing. And so I was in this very stressful situation of trying to figure out a place to live because I couldn't afford like a single bedroom apartment in Atlanta. Like that was just crazy, crazy expensive. Um, but luckily when my mom was just like pilfering around the Airbnb, she found Cheryl's ad and it was, it seemed like a perfect match because there was a lot of like similarities in terms of, um, cause I have a lot of interest in herbal medicine and like kind of whole health. Um, and so even though I wasn't super into astrology, there was a lot of those kinds of themes that were evident in like that living situation. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up in as Cheryl's house. Well, um, one thing I've learned from Cheryl is that there are no coincidences. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a very, very cool. Yeah. I think it was some kind of sign that like the relationship has been really, really cool. I've learned lots and it's just been a really benefiting environment, especially as a, a college student, because like it's a very high stress um, situation to be in sometimes. And so coming back to Cheryl's place where it's all like very mellow and all these like the music is playing all the time. It's just very peaceful uh, or that um, the, the living situation kind of provides. But yeah, like back to the question of like what what doors are closing. So yeah, I'm in my senior year, I'm about to end this semester. Um, so I guess that's a door that's really kind of quickly quickly closing is just like my college experience and just kind of going on to the next chapter of my of my life so I'd say that's pretty much the most predominant um, door and also just like the door is closing just to like more broadly like the ignorance that I had to ideas such as astrology because like prior to this living situation like I just really didn't know much about and because I didn't know much about of it know much about it I was kind of like scared of it or I didn't understand it I was like this is something I don't want to venture into um, so I feel like having that exposure, which I guess was a, an opening door, just caused me to close this door on like prior misunderstandings or prior um, ignorance to things that I feel like are really important to kind of give some attention to. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. That's I, I, I kind of had a similar experience. So Cheryl, we thank you. That's contagious. The woohoo, it's contagious. It is contagious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I've had so many conversations with my friends in college about like telling them all about the things that I've learned. And like now, uh, like people will slide up on my chat, Snapchat stories and we'll have this whole like in-depth conversation about signs and their charts and like the cosmos. So it definitely, it definitely is contagious and kind of has this like rolling effect uh, on the relationships that you have in your life. So, so Color, with this woohoo journey, we'll call it, where do you see this going for you? Uh, so I guess... It's just given me a different understanding of, I guess, the difference of people's personality. Cause it's given me, like, there wasn't really much of a context for me to kind of lay in difference of mindset or difference of habit or difference of just emotional processing. Like I've always been a super, super um, logically driven person. Um, so it took a very long time for me to understand how people can go through emotional turmoil and not necessarily have a reason for it. Like that was just something I was like, how, why are you feeling emotions that you have no reason to feel? <laughs> like that was like a question <laughs> that I constantly ask. But then you look into astrology and kind of build this empathy for pe people and just kind of realize that it's wow. in their wiring. It's in their yeah. framework that sometimes they just have these emotional ways of coping with life situations or with their thought processes or with whatever it may be. That's just, just simply a part of their, their framework and how they're built and how they're created in the cosmos. And it's just kind of cool. So like when I, like as a pre-medical student and as I look forward 
in the future to one day being a physician. I feel like having this exposure to woohoo, to um, astrology, to kind of building up these habits of how to um, build this currency and like build this relationship with myself and with others that I'm able to kind of see diversity of thought and diversity of personhood. And so that when I am a physician and I'm being a, a caretaker that I'm able to kind of use that woohoo energy and that those perspectives that it's given me to be a better caretaker for people who are probably very likely going to be different than I am. So I would say that's kind of like the far, very far in my life kind of way that this, that this journey is going to take me. Yeah. But man, that's, that's, that's awesome. That was an awesome response. Thank and you. also you're, bl you're blending both Western and Eastern philosophy and what you're going yes. to be doing. And mm -hmm. so that's, yeah. yeah. So to give like a context, yeah, I, I currently work in a lab at Emory. Um, it's called the Quave Research Group. And basically what we do in that lab is I um, extract and isolate plant compounds. And then I test them for uh, pharmacological activity in efforts to discover new antibiotics. And so that's really like instilled in me a love for plants <laughs> and love for Eastern medicine. And so, I, I mean, it's kind of rooted more in like also my upbringing, like as the, in a Jewish household, we were very much um, users of traditional Jewish medicine, which has a lot of parallelisms with traditional Chinese medicine. So throughout like, my career, like I very much see myself, yes, developing that the understanding of diversity of thought and diversity of personhood, but also realizing that there's value in these two very polar opposite, well, opposite as of now, but I feel like they should be integrated. Um, yeah. Like the biomedical principles that we see in the West and the United States, but then combining those with the power that we're now seeing within plants and within traditional therapies and within mind-body medicine and within all these other things that a lot of Western physicians don't give a lot of credit or thought to. Um, so I'm hoping that like, not only does this woohoo journey like kind of evolve with how I empathize with people, but also how we practice things like medicine, which are currently so, so fundamental to literally every person in the United States, like medicine affects everyone. And so I feel like as our education progresses of things like astrology, and as we progress in uh, practices of um, catching currency and, you know, doing those kinds of things that it's going to ultimately reform a lot of things that are more universal to pretty much everyone. And I love that you brought up Jewish, um, medicinal Jewish rituals mm -hmm. that, you know, particularly um, like garlic and all the things that were used for so, so long until persecution where Jewish people didn't even use garlic in, in fear mm -hmm. of, of, of people knowing because they smelled like it. But garlic is so medicinal and onion and, and obviously chicken soup for the soul. And, you know, right. so I, I love that you're um, integrating um, medicinal Jewish principles with Chinese medicine mm -hmm. and probably yeah. even more. And there you go again, that, that unity, right? Like taking mm -hmm. the microcosm of your family, all the different perspectives, bringing it to the macrocosm of medicine, of universal medicine, mm -hmm. using your Pisces universal um, moon energy to bring it all in and mm -hmm. see what, what it all has in common and how they can, even if they're different, how they can complement each other. Yeah. And on that, I did have a follow-up question just for like Cheryl, because I know Cheryl, you do readings for people and like kind of help people as a pseudo guru just kind of figure out, figure out their way through life but <laughs> I guess for like your your perspectives on like astrology and uh the woohoo and all and all those all those related things do you see that it kind of being integrated in the future as like a principle of medicine or like a fundal 
fundamental pillar that, you know, physicians will rely on is like, oh, before we go into the clinical work, let's analyze your chart to see like the best way to treat you. Like, do you think there's possibility for that kind of evolution? I love this question. I think that's what, what used, how it used to be. That's how Mm. it used to be. And then you know, then it wasn't for all right. the reasons. Right. Um, yeah. And even for me, like I had earwax, like <laughs> accumulation of earwax went to, a, you know, that I went to, anyway, yeah. I wound up in an ENT and he was a fascinating person. And, um, and so he was asking me all kinds of questions about astrologic, you know, med- medicinal astrology. And I, I just challenged him to learn more about it. And he said, he really does want to learn more about it. So absolutely well, with people like you, and I've, I've, um, I've, I know of one other person that's in nursing over at Emory. I think Emory is uh, magnetically attracting um, <laughs> the, the wisdom of people like yes. you. I, I do. I see it because there's, and, and bringing it together, not making one wrong, like not making Western medicine completely wrong and not making Eastern medicine wrong and weird, like bringing it together um, is mm-hmm. what I think is needed. Yeah. I do. And I think bringing in the astrology and human design and all the things, just understanding your blueprint of, of yourself and how that, that manifests in all the aspects, energetically, physically, because even, you know, like right now with Scorpio season. So if you have a lot of Scorpio energy, then you need to take care of your colon, you know, and you might have issues there. Right. Or, or like you with Libra, like your kidneys, make sure you're hydrated. So things like that, because it, it makes sense. And, and I, I'm sure there's, I know there are studies being done right now with that. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, and I bet you'll be incorporating it into the many clinics that you have across the world, including yeah. Atlanta. He does <laughs> promise to, to have one here. <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like the, literature base for things like for example as I, i've told cheryl like one of my professors at, at emory um, he's a neuroscientist but and he has his whole phd in like medical neuroscience which is normally a very conservative like very science driven field but his area of study is the mindfulness of meditation like he looks into like brain waves of meditative states he looks into breathing techniques so i feel like there's almost like this this momentum in like the scientific community to look into these more abstract ideas of healing. So I could see like within the next decade or so that some person's going to do a study on like how, let's say they took take all these people with X sign in like the sun, a sun sign <laughs> and mm-hmm. compare like their, their susceptibility to certain diseases in comparison to like another sign or another kind of astrological, you know, character building. So I could definitely see like how in the future we could evolve to kind of incorporate not only East and West, but also with just biomedicine with astrology. Um, I just feel like there has to be like the open mind mindedness and the, that curiosity and that creativity. And as, as in a uh, season of Scorpio, letting go of like these, yeah. these pre these preconceptions that biomedicine is the one and only vital way of healing. And that we just have to kind of allow ourselves as a, a society to look into these more, um, abstract progressive ideas that could ultimately shape our, our our humanity so i feel like that's a really really exciting thing so in 20 years some kid's gonna get a hold of this audio and they're gonna listen and they're gonna go holy cow man these guys were like way ahead of their time <laughs> <laughs> i think it is happening and i like i know there's a harvard study based on one of the um the mantras that we use a lot and a, a meditation um mm-hmm. there's definitely a, i think that's one of the most studied ones 
ever. Yeah. And I, I love that. But yeah, I, I, I think it's happening. I mean, um, the spirituality and the science bringing it together and having it, them work together, not being so divided. And like you said, even the term pseudoscience, you know, that's why I'm pseudo guru, yeah. right? Like, is it, is it really pretend science? Right. You know, that's a question because it's what it's, it's, you know, it's been around the longest. So, and we're, yeah, like something that make, reminds me of is that even in, in science, like we're discovering these connections that we never really thought, like, I mean, at least in the West existed. For example, like the um, gut brain axis, or like I just right. read this book on like how emotion, like how the psychology of our mind affects our cardiac health. And mm -hmm. so there's these avenues of research that are really discovering these and exploring these connections that weren't previously established. And like yesterday, last night, even I was having this argument <laughs> with, <laughs> with this person who um, he, he's an entomology major in biology at uh, Cornell. And he, we were arguing about like disease and like health and, he, and, and genetics. And he was like, well, genetics is influenced by like environmental factors. And I caught him right there. I'm like, exactly why do we as westerners confine environmental influences to what exists like terrestrially on earth like what if environmental influence extends past earth to like the cosmos that would then explain why like how the alignment of the stars and the planets during birth could affect environmental through environmental influence our behaviors our interactions our body chemistry um, and things like that so i feel like just expanding our mindset to realizing that everything is so much bigger than just what's on planet earth <laughs> that it exists so much the entire cosmos that that kind of um reform in like how we perceive the world is really going to change how we talk about other things so cheryl's looking at us like yeah i've been telling you guys for years where you guys been no i'm just i just love hearing that and yeah and, and there are like rudolf steiner carl Jung. there's a lot that have been explaining this and and sharing this and now i think i think we're just ready to receive it i think we're ready and there's you know all of you young ones that that uh came here to to help shift the planet we're really grateful to thank you cutler thanks for uh, being here man that was that was fascinating and uh we appreciate the insight that was really cool no, thank you for having me. That was so fun. I enjoyed talking about all, the, all those things. Really, really cool progression of like conversation. Thank you, Cutler Cannon. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Fourth quarter, this week's top four list. Woohoo! The final quarter of the show, each week we'll do a top four list. This week, top four songs about letting go. And we've got something for everyone on this list. Are you ready, Pseudo Guru? You excited? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Number four, Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your What a sage Kenny Rogers is. That is that is sage advice right there. One of the greatest songs ever written. R.I.P. Kenny. Number three, Taylor Swift. We are never, ever getting back together. Telling you we are never, ever, ever getting back together. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. You go talk to your friends. 
It's more potent when you rhyme it. Never, ever getting back together. And that could be a relationship. It could be an old story, an old emotional uh, trigger. It could be anything, really. Yeah. You got to love that Taylor Swift. She is determined. Okay, number two, Eminem, Lose Yourself. You better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. You better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. You better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. You better never let it go. That frequency really helps let things go. He's got that down. Right, right. That's, uh, that's from the movie Eight Mile. I love that song. That, that gets me hyped up every time. And you know, Scorpio is the eighth house in the, in the movie's Eight Mile. Pretty cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Maybe. But you know, eight is, um, eight is the infinite life force. It's also the infinite death force. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. And number one from Frozen, the song I've sung for my daughter 857 times, Let It Go. No wrong, no rules for me. Sometimes you have to go to extreme like that, like really letting go, possibly isolating yourself, you know, till you get working on yourself. I think that's what that symbolizes, working on yourself and perhaps going to an extreme sometimes to get to the center. And I think children can really identify with that, which is why the younger they are, the more apt they, when they're having a frustrated moment, they'll use their whole body to let it go. It's why they get on the floor and, you know, what's called a temper tamper tantrum is perfect that's such emotional intelligence and then this song i think reminds them of that emotional intelligence it gets right to the heart that's awesome that's awesome well thanks for your insight there okay that's the show thanks so much for listening if you like our podcast please tell your friends about it we appreciate all your support and we'll see you next week and i hope you keep singing that song to your daughter i think there's plenty more versions that you could bring up now we may, maybe we'll revisit that tonight. Hey everybody, happy full moon in Taurus eclipse. May all the doors that need to be closed, close. And may the openings give you abundance and prosperity that is your birthright. Woohoo. Woohoo.